Hello and welcome to the J Train Podcast. This is J Train, Jared Free, coming to you live from Birmingham, England. That's right, I am still in England. By the time this comes out, I will be sitting in my apartment in New York. But sometimes you gotta make the donuts before everyone wakes up. And that's what I'm doing here. I'm giving you, and you might have guessed it, an alone cast. Just you and J-Train. You and the Wizard of Haas. You and Papa JT. Uh, it's me and you. I'm going to go through a ton of emails uh, within this hour. We're just going to bang them out because I have thousands. And um, how's England, you ask? It's really been a blast. Michelle uh, Wolf, I'm opening for her. Um, we did London, and now we're in Birmingham, and we're going to Manchester. Uh, London was awesome. I got there a day early, you know, just with all the travel and getting used to the time difference. And um, I ended up doing shows at this place called Top Secret Comedy Club. If you want to hear the story behind that, you can join Patreon. I did a little rant on that on Sunday uh, with Coffee with J Train. You can go to patreon.com slash Jared Freed and get the inside scoop. But more importantly, I mean, I had a great time, the, did the shows at the club. It's, it's cool to be able to kind of go to another country and then have the same feeling of a comedy club here that I have in America. Um, London was awesome. Her, uh, Michelle's shows were great. She's got an amazing hour. They even have... I just read a review of one, which I, I think that's like more of an English thing or a UK thing where stand-up gets reviewed. But I've read stand-up reviews in the US and they're not as... It's almost like they're reviewing something they don't respect. Here... I just read one, and it's like a very nice, like, it's like a movie review. It's like, uh, you know, it's thoughtful, and it's an, it was enjoyable. So, I, and, you know, the shows have been going great, and London was fun. We did the shows Friday and Saturday, and then stayed Sunday, Monday, and then today is Tuesday, or yesterday is Tuesday. Took the train to Birmingham. It's funny when you go to a different town in a different country, you really don't, no, I don't know anything about Birmingham. I really have no idea. I I know more about Cleveland than I did Birmingham, but that's but I don't know very much about Cleveland. So it's funny because we get here at like six, and then the show starts at eight, and I'm like I and I always try to start positively, and I go Birmingham, love this town, and then they just like no, you don't. No, this town stinks. You could you could feel it within one second of saying love this town. The group of people in the audience just look back at you like, you're lying. We know this place is no good. And the funny part about towns that know they're no good and hate themselves is that you can't really make fun of that town. It's 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 for them to make fun of. So it's kind of like, you know, when you go to Cleveland, you go, Cleveland, great town. And they go, come on. And you go, yeah, it sucks. And they go, no, we love Cleveland. Fuck you. And it's like, okay, okay. I don't, I don't, I don't even care about this shit. But there is kind of a weird vibe to, you know, London is London all the time. It never stops reminding you. Everyone you see in the street looks like they're walking around going, you know, they're in three piece suits. There's a timepiece. 
You know, you're like, oh, look at, hello, hello, Gavna. You know, like, that's, London just has that, you know, uh, going on all the time. And it looks good. Like, everyone's put together and nice. And then you come to Birmingham and it's, it kind of just looks like it's a town under construction. They don't know what to do with it. They're, they're, you know, I'm in a hotel. I'm looking at it right now. There's cranes everywhere. It's, it's, it just, and then there's like a canal for some reason. You know, I if you've ever been to San Antonio, they have uh, the river walk there, but the river walk is just a mall with a river in the middle. That's kind of what this is. This is, the, uh, let's say, Birmingham's the San Antonio of England. But so I'm I'm having a great time. I'm coming back on Thursday. Uh, I'm gonna do the Bachelorette live story on Friday. If that's something you liked watching. Someone messaged me on Instagram. They're like, we love your podcast. And I was like, you don't even follow me on Instagram. I, I didn't know people did that. But then I think of podcasts that I listen to. And I guess, yeah, I don't follow some of the podcast people that I listen to on Instagram. So if you don't follow me, uh, yeah, I'm at Jared Freed. <laughs> Let me in. Hi, I'm Jared Freed, uh, as I said in the beginning. Uh, you can follow me there. I do the Bachelorette live stream or the live story I've been calling it. Uh, that's been so much fun to do. I I hate missing a live story. So if you're out there like messaging me, hey, when's it go up? It's going to go up. I like doing it. I'd rather do it with the show. Um, something that came to my attention, like I, you know, I don't watch other people's because I don't want to get uh, in trouble where... You know, you just don't want to, like, get on someone else's track and then you hear a joke they do and you go, oh, that's good. Well, let me do my version of it. I just don't even want to get into that. I just know David Spade does it. And because everyone tells me, oh, you and David Spade. I'm like, man, that's quite a compliment because he's one of the funniest people I've ever seen. I I once went to the comedy store in L.A. and I got kind of drunk and then I sat in the back and he was, like, the special guest, but no one really... You know, when you're at the cellar, you know, at the comedy cellar, when I bring someone on stage, I go, yeah, we have a very special guest. Uh, Give it up for, you know, whoever, uh, Tom Cruise. The place, like, goes crazy. David Spade didn't get that, like, craziness in L.A., and that's no disrespect to him because I'm sitting in the crowd and, like, I felt like Bumpkin Jared from outside of Boston suburbs they're like, and next, and like, he gets brought up, and they're like, next up, David Spade. I'm like, oh my God, just shoot me. Oh my God. Like, I, I guess that makes me even more of a bumpkin when your first reference is just shoot me instead of like SNL or Tommy Boy. But I don't know. I just was like excited. And then I watched him on stage, and I was like, wow, he's so great. Like, so funny. His stand up, and you know, Again, I, I'm sure people listen to me on this podcast, and then I tell them to come to a stand-up show, and you're like, yeah, 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 sure, get to the emails, get to the thing I like hearing. And you, then they come to a show, and they go, oh, that was, it felt like I was hanging with them. I, I hope that's what they think. Um, David Spade was like that for me. I was like, wow, this guy is cool and funny, and I, you know... I walked away being like, man, that was really uh, impressively pro- a professional job. And so, you know, when people say, oh, I watch your Instagram Bachelorette Live and David Spade does it too and you guys are both funny, I'm like, wow, that's like quite a compliment. But um, how about this? I mean, you guys may think you're listening to me on, you know, on the old uh, 
on the old iPhone, and that makes you know me somebody. But I am a nobody, and uh, I'm in London. I'm in Birmingham right now in a you know in a little hotel. You know, you might be like, oh, international Jared. Oh, look at you. You need our help. Yeah, I need your help. Uh, I ask you to tell your friends about this podcast every single episode. Why don't you? DM David Spade. Why don't you tag him and let him know that I'm doing this this thing that people like that he kind of does. And, you know, that can go one of two ways. He can go, yeah, fuck that guy. Uh, I'm funnier than him. It would show, you know, that that's his right. Or he could go, look at this young buck. Let me grab the horns of the young buck and bring him into the fray. I mean, that would be cool. I don't know. I don't, I, I, we, we, that would be a nice thing. So... Let's do that. And, uh, yeah, just tag him or tweet at him. He liked my tweet the other day. That's pretty cool. Uh, we're also, you up, we're doing the tour. I, uh, um, uh, Chicago, Detroit, Cleveland, Toronto. If you're in any of those cities, why don't you buy your tickets and get the crew to come? Uh, we're coming in a few weeks. It's going to be fun. Um, this is going to be a subdued J-Train episode. I, I hope you don't mind that. I tell you, listen, I like to like, you know, I like to take the same show and really play with the levels. Uh, I like to, you know, sometimes it's Shelby and I with Gabe, the piano player. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's me with a guest like Nathan McIntosh and it's going to be high impact. Boom, 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 boom. Sometimes it's just J-Train looking at his hotel room. Seeing the bag of chips he had last night because he couldn't fucking stop eating before he went to bed. I really, I don't know, I gotta find, I need, maybe I should go to a hypnotist. That's when you know, (laughs) hypnotist is the last, is the last, is really when you know you have a problem with something. Is when you start going, maybe uh, I'll go to this voodoo doctor that can help me not eat chips before I go to bed so that I won't feel like I have to fucking shit my brains out in the morning. Let's do some emails. Jtrainpodcast at gmail.com. Jtrainpodcast at gmail.com. I feel like that hypnotist thing is a bit, but we'll see. Jtrainpodcast at gmail.com. Let's just go through it. We, I have so many emails. Stalking the other woman on LinkedIn. Jtrain loves a podcast. Makes my lonely summer a little bit better. Listen, I do believe summer is podcast season, so... Tell a friend, tell a coworker, tell someone at the in- tell the group of interns. Tag a bitch. Okay, please hear me out. I've been seeing this guy I work with. Okay, he's in a different department that I don't have to interact with all that often. We all, we started getting closer because his friends he's friends with my cousin who also happens to work at my company. Man, this company. We play on the same sand volleyball team. This girl does everything with this company. This company. Everyone, and we also uh, we all sleep together in one bed. Uh, he started text. I'm kidding. I, he started texting me a few months ago, but I honestly, was, I honestly wasn't super interested as I was seeing someone else. After spending more time with him, however, I realized how compatible we are and we vibe pretty well. Things ended with the other guy I was seeing, and we started hanging out and hooking up. I'm really interested in him, and if I said that, I like him very directly. Recently, I've been feeling like he's acting a little different, but it's so insignificant that I don't think he. I don't even think I could even pinpoint the real difference. I don't know if I'm just being sensitive because of my recent developing growing feelings for him 
or if my body is warning me that I'm about to get fucked over. This is where it gets kind of crazy. Okay, here we go. Get on the roller coaster. Uh, I get a notification on LinkedIn saying someone viewed my profile. It was another girl around my age. I work as a scientist developing medications, and she is a nurse, so it didn't seem too crazy to me until I looked her up on Instagram. I don't know her, but I have a few mutual followers, one being the guy I'm seeing. He's not from the city we are currently working, nor did he attend college here. Moved here a year ago for work. It seems a little sketchy. She wouldn't have uh, ever be working at my company, so I'm not sure how the LinkedIn search happened. I really like this guy and was getting the vibe that things would start getting more serious soon. I don't know how to bring this up without seeming so insane because I could be connecting with some unrelated dots. Yeah. This is pretty loose. Uh, I'm not really into labels or asking to be exclusive because I feel like that generally progresses naturally. We've only really been seeing each other for about a month and a half. Now I'm thinking I uh, I should. Uh, I really can't bring up this girl because it will come across as pretty insane, but asking about our future could give me an idea or should I jump the ship or see where this goes? Advice welcome. Um, I... So to review, because a lot of things happen, she works works with this guy, they start hooking up for a month and a half, a girl that he follows looks her up on uh, LinkedIn. Um, it's a, it, The problem is she doesn't know if it's the ex. She never mentions it's the ex. Recently I've, I get a notification on LinkedIn saying, someone viewed my profile, it was another girl around my age, uh, and she's a nurse. I don't know her mutual follower, one being the guy I'm seeing. He's not in the city we're currently working in, nor did he attend college. Well, I can tell you, we don't know if this is an ex. We do know that they know each other, and she's interested in seeing who the new girl that he's dating is. That's what we know. Um, you'd say, Jared, well, how do you know? I know. That's just how it works, okay? Oh, no, but she might be looking for a job. She's a nurse, and this is a sci- a scientist. Okay, nurses and scientists, you know, this. what are you thinking right now? Nur- nurses and scientists don't hang out. Those are two different things. That's like saying, well, she's, she's a fifth-grade teacher, and he's a math professor at a college. That's, when do you see those two hang out unless they're fucking? So the reality is, I'm gonna, I'll take a leap. This girl likes him, liked him, or have hooked up with him. It's one of those three things. Um, but really, that's her related. For the same reason that you're freaked out about her looking at your profile and how it relates to him, she's freaked out about his new, like, this has nothing to do, he's not directing this mess. That's the one thing that should alleviate. So he's there with you a month and a half. You said things are going great, really vibing. You don't believe in bringing up labels. I think you keep going with that vibe. You keep having a good time. If you think he's acting, you know, the the connection you're making between him acting different in this LinkedIn lookup, that is two different things to me. The LinkedIn lookup comes... You know, you only notice the LinkedIn looked up because he's acting weird. So I think you need to separate the two things. Bringing up her and saying, well, she's, she, you know, now you have your, your women looking me up. And it's like, that's not what it is. I would say, hey, uh, you haven't texted me 
you, you, hey, we used to go out once a week and uh, I haven't heard from you. What's up? I think a lot of people get ahead of themselves. A lot of the messages I get and they're like, well, I need to ask them what's going on. And it's like, why don't you just say, hey, um, you haven't texted me this week. Where you been? Not, you know, where you been works way better than what's going on. Where you been? I'm just, you know, I wanted to hang out with you. Stay what you want. Don't, you know, go to an emotional thing. It's not going to help. But the girl is outside. You know, that's not happening. The chances of that being because they have this secret relationship are not very... The chances of them having a past relationship is very good. Um, But that has nothing to do with yours. Everyone has past relationships. Podcast at gmail.com. J train podcast at gmail.com escaping the rat race dear J train uh, I come to you with a predicament that I know for a fact you have personal experience with I'm a recent grad who is currently employed as a sales rep for a great company in a great industry I'm good at what I do and consistently a top performer there's opportunity to grow within my organization and the stability of my income coupled with a relatively high degree of job security is a definite plus that being said I don't love it in fact I dread going into work each day as I each day grows more and more monument monotonous I've been doing a lot of soul searching and now I'm not sure what direction I want to go or what to do on the one hand I've only been with this company for a year and I'm due for a promotion soon on the other hand I am concerned that even after getting promoted into the role I've been pursuing I won't be happy I love making music and definitely feel a calling to get into something where I can express myself more creatively but currently I can't fathom a way to earn a living this way yet since I still have a lot to learn and somewhat of a beginner. Can you com- comment on your experience transitioning from a life insurance salesman to the comic podcaster stud we know and love today? I wish I was more of a stud. Um, any tips and advice would be greatly appreciated. I I, I can't... It's it's interesting, like, looking back, I wouldn't... it. it what I, I'm happy I did everything I, I've I've done, and hopefully I do more in the future. But you know, the fact that I still question it shows you how difficult it is. The fact that you sit here, you know, the, you know, if you go into a lifestyle like this one, you sit there going, "Yeah, I just want." You're you're always fighting to keep doing it tomorrow. Whereas, um, you know, this is when you're in a job with a you know promotions and stuff and. You know, you have a, a track that it might feel like it pull. You know, there's a push pull thing. Like I have to push every day to wake up and keep. I, I I don't know. I don't want to make what I'm doing sound important. It really isn't. But I I do understand where he's at. Um, he says he's a recent grad who's been doing it for a year and he's doing he's doing a good job and on track for promotion. I would say this. You have to put things into edible goals so if I'm this guy and he says he likes music which is a very different thing the beauty of the internet is that you can do anything while you do something else a side hustle exists uh, there's a lot more time in the day when you start doing something than when you think about doing something so if I'm this guy uh, I would keep on your job and also don't feel like you owe this job anything I think the one thing that happens when you're in a office type situation is that the walls close in on you and you think 
I remember when I used to work life insurance, like in the in the in the job, it would feel like that was the only way to make a hundred thousand dollars. Like everyone was obsessed with you know making a hundred thousand dollars in sales, and like to me there was no other way. You know, this is the only opportunity to do that. So this isn't. So I, what that is says. What I mean by that is that. Everything around you isn't the only thing, and it doesn't matter as much as it seems to matter. So when you get the promotion, you might go, "Well, then I'd be." Dep- and then if I get the promotion, I'm stuck here for another five years. No, you're not. You can get the promotion on Monday and then quit on Tuesday because you found a better opportunity. Because that's fucking life. And you can look at someone, and they're gonna look at you, and you say, "They're gonna go." I just gave you the promotion on Monday, and you go, "Well, I found a new job that makes me more money on Tuesday," and they'll go. Well, I can't. I can't really fault that. Or I got. I gave you the promotion on Monday. You're leaving to do music on Tuesday. Yeah, I'm not happy. And no one is in the. You know, maybe for a minute the guy who helped. You know, spoke up for you is going to look like an idiot and feel like a dick. But you know what? Everyone does things that are self-serving. No one helps someone to not help themselves. And that might sound bad, but that's more realistic than. Yeah, all these selfless people are walking around. Even when someone helps you, it's it feels good to help you. Even the small thing of feeling good is about themselves. So uh, you can do something that's selfless, but it's always going to be a little bit selfish because it feels good to help people and you want to go around telling people, well, that guy is there because I helped them or that woman is there because I got them where they're going to go. So understand that, that everyone's walking around incentivized to do things for themselves so whoever you're worried about disappointing after the promotion don't that's a big thing the other thing is you said you're new to the music thing why don't you make a goal that you can do while doing this job why don't you say for the first month okay well i'm gonna learn as much as i'm gonna go take a class or outside and if you like something then you're then you have to like it enough to do it when it's not easy to do. That's my thing. So I remember when I was you know, doing comedy, I signed up for every comedy class, improv, stand-up, um, sketch writing. I just was like, I wanna learn about everything they do. And then I started submitting articles and stuff like that and just, I kept creating jobs for myself. <clears throat> and some of those jobs worked out into the podcast that you're listening to today. So, I would say if you like something as much as you think you like it, you will do it when you're tired. So why don't you see if you'll do it outside? See if you have do it for see if you'll do a year of you working and doing it and see how it feels. Maybe you'll do it for a month and you go, "Man, this was just something that was distracting me from the job I hate. I don't really I want to go out and drink with my friends." You'll see. You know, I noticed I, I, I knew I really loved comedy when my friends were like, hey, we're all doing this thing. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go in a basement right now and do an open mic for three people. J Train Podcast at gmail.com. J Train a podcast at gmail.com. We are sponsored, people. It's 2019. Everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds. I'm a big earbuds user. Um, I 
it's the wireless game is crazy and it changes how you kind of live your life i'm serious that sounds like a lot for earbuds but it does you walk around your apartment you walk around your house getting things done while your phone sits there charging in the other room you're not on your phone as much you can listen to podcasts a lot easier you can be at the gym put your phone in one part of the gym and start lifting other places it really changes your whole dynamic you're not tethered to your phone. But before you go dropping hundreds of dollars on a pair, you need to check out wireless earbuds from Raycon, okay? I I gotta say, these are fantastic earbuds. I use them in the gym, I love them. Um, they make your life just a little bit easier. Raycon earbuds start at about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market and they sound just as amazing. Here's the important about, about, part about that. The more expensive your earbuds are, the more expensive the replacements are when you lose them or hurt them or, you know, break them. You know, I'm not saying prepare for, you know, having to spend your money twice, but Raycon makes you feel a little bit better about knowing that, you know, that if something does go wrong, that you can go back to the well and not feel like you dropped $1,000 on something that you lost. So... They actually was co-founded by, uh, they were actually co-founded by Ray J, celebrities like uh, Snoop Dogg, Cardi B, Melissa Etheridge. They already love them. Raycon's E50 wireless earbuds have totally changed the game for me. They're so comfortable, so easy to take anywhere. It's, it's great for travel. It's really, I've enjoyed the Raycon product and especially because it takes over for another product that's going to be way more expensive. So... We're also going to give you some free money. Go to buyraycon.com slash jtrain. That's buyraycon.com slash jtrain. Buyraycon.com slash jtrain to get 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20% off your order. That's buyraycon.com slash jtrain for 20% off Raycon wireless earbuds. If you've been eyeing a pair, now is the time to get the amazing deal. One more time, buyraycon.com slash jtrain. Boom. Let's do another email. Podcast at gmail.com. I love this. I love this title. What the fuck is dating in 2019? Right away, I don't agree with the author of the email. Because that is someone. Whenever someone says dating in 2019, whenever someone says the year, they're being a generational narcissist. They're not. They're saying... Well, it's the year's fault. I'm not annoying. The year is. Um, I'm almost 24. My boyfriend of two years broke up with me a few months ago, and I've been trying to start dating again. Yeah, well, you're two months in the game. Now she's mad at 2019. I'm not really looking to get another relationship just yet. I took the breakup pretty hard. I just want to dip my toes in the pool. Meet some interesting guys, maybe get the D, LOL. I've made Hinge and Bumble profiles, and holy shit, it's bleak out there. Yeah, look, I love that. She gets out of a, a, gets dumped by her shitty boyfriend that wasn't that great to begin with, and then it's bleak everywhere else. Stop it. Stop it. I'm all about a, a, a same day or next day meet up after a few messages, but most guys pen pal for days before even mentioning grabbing a beer for a casual meetup. By then, I've kind of lost interest, but I still end up going. So whose fault is that? The shitty... I'm sorry to be hard on the emailer, but she's saying a lot of things that I've heard before. And I I think... I understand her predicament. She's new to this thing. Um, But she said they turn into pen pals. Okay. 
The minute you see someone turns into a pen pal, goodbye, stop answering. You're going on the date. Why wouldn't they keep doing the thing if you're playing along? Why wouldn't they keep jumping rope if you keep spinning the rope? I know no one owes me anything. We're all strangers to one another. But I guess I don't really get the point of being on the app if you don't plan on meeting up. Maybe it's my city, but it also feels like 85% of the profiles I see and the dates I actually go on are with the guys that are too, so two-dimensional and frankly boring. I swear to God, I can't handle another dude that wants to tell me about his gym routine or his dad got him into finance. Uh, my ex-boyfriend was great. He was a really special person who I love very much. you got to get over this ex. But I've even come across his Hinge profile and it was so half-assed that I would have shot him a like. Wouldn't even have shot him a like if, I had the, if we hadn't had, this, had the history. What gives? I have a really cool and unique job. I travel, I go out, and I do a lot, of, a lot solo with girlfriends in hopes of meeting new people in real life. And I think I'm fairly okay looking. How can I get over this schlump? Uh, am I approaching this all wrong? I think you're approaching this negatively and a little bit high and mighty. Not wrong, but I think you're getting, uh, you're thinking you're, if I'm her, she writes, I feel like my expectations are pretty low, but maybe I've been out of the game so long that I don't understand that you really have to have zero expectation with dating nowadays. Ugh, stop that. Maybe I'm picky, but I feel like the abundance uh, mentality is real, so it's hard not to create your own profile deal breakers when you're scrolling through what seems like endless profiles. It seems easy to dehumanize people. That is true. Maybe the online dating scene isn't for me. I'm sure there are amazing guys who don't look good on paper, but a meeting in the wild is difficult too since I feel like I have different hobbies than a lot of my peers. I don't think I'm going to meet a single 24 or 25-year-old guy at a cooking class or a weekly wine tasting. I mean, I, I guess it's just hard to not be discouraged. After all, I feel like I've wasted a perfectly good Thursday night with a total normie. Thanks for reading. I've attached a photo for a celeb look like I hope to get to see you perform live someday. Think you're hilarious. Well, I thank you for the the compliment. I'm happy you listened to the podcast. Um, I think you need to. Um, I don't want to say like to say I'm going out with a total normie. Like you're the one that reviewed the normie. You know, you're a part of. You know, if you hired someone for a company and they go, "This guy sucks," they go, "Who the fuck hired this person?" They wouldn't just say this guy sucks. They go, who's wasting the company's time? So it sounds like you're a part of this as well. You're giving, you're, you know, for so, it, what I don't like, I don't mind someone with high standards. I mind someone with, that says they have high standards and then doesn't keep to those standards and then blames everyone else for them not being as good as them. And I know she doesn't mean to be this way, but that's what it sounds like you're being. Um, if you see someone with a bad profile, don't go out with them. Don't go out just because they're there talking to you. A lot of women wonder why men are not you know, so afraid of commitment. It's because we just think you'll commit with anybody. You know, That's not all the only reason. That's part of the reason, though. When you hear an email like this, you go, yeah, she's going out with a bunch of guys just to go out with them to get reps. The other thing is, delete the apps. You say you go out and do a lot of things. I don't, maybe you will meet someone at a cooking class. Maybe you'll meet someone at the, at the drinks you go to after cooking class with the people you meet at cooking class. Do guys hang out at bars? Yeah. 
you know, wine, weekly wine tasting. I, you know, a lot of women are doing all these, you know, I, and she's also doing a lot of hobby stuff, which maybe are all women, but like, you know, are you doing these things because you like them or because you like saying that you do them? The, you know, that's another thing to think over. I, I don't think, again, she's not doing it wrong. It's just her attitude on it is wrong. I think if you're going to be on the apps, don't sit there like you're the app reviewer. And I know I do. This is coming from someone who does dating app makeovers. I do dating app makeovers because they're fun and they're, and I see things in them that I see in myself and we like making fun of them and it's about commiseration. It's not to say that I'm better than someone. Um, when you look at someone's profile and you say, you half-assed it, okay, then they don't want to really be there. Why do guys keep talking to you with no plan? Why do guys go on the dating app to not go on a date? Because guys want to fuck with as little effort as possible. Since when? The beginning of time. Sorry. Sorry to break it to you. Guys are out there. You know, the thing about the dating apps is that it's made it easy to be lazy. And look at everyone at your wine tasting class and at your cooking class. Not a lot of guys, right? Yeah, because they're fucking lazy. And they're going to sit at home and they're going to play video games and they're going to watch TV. Generally. I'm not saying everybody. I'm just saying there's a reason it's nine to ten, nine to, you know, one, you know, there's nine women and one dude in the class and the one guy in the class, uh, you know, likes men too. There's a reason. Men are just naturally lazy and the amps serve to laziness. That's why women hate them and men love them. Because you don't have to get off the fucking couch to meet 20 women and maybe out of the 20 women you meet, one will say, Ah, yeah, I'm out right now. And you can go, oh, that bar's like across the street and I can show up and not have to spend a lot of time or effort to meet someone. Okay, I'll do that. So understand the reality of what you're living in and then don't think you're better than the reality. Just know that you have a standard and some people are going to live up to it and some people are not. The problem with the apps also is that you're going to come in contact with more shit. If you go waiting, if you go to the, you know, if you go to the dump, (laughs) if you go to the dump to go find some goods to sell you're not going to find a lot you know you're going to wade through a lot of shit you know the it's the easiest this is the other thing like you know someone asked about like going out and doing stand-up the the toughest thing about doing stand-up for me was that there's no barriers to entry so you had to just be around crazy people and and people who just did stand up to instead of going to a you know a therapist and people who went to make friends because they had no friends in the city and then you finally meet people that are like oh I'm here to do the job I want to be funny for money and you're like oh you exist finally like I had to I had to meet I had to have a 10 minute conversation with a guy in a fedora who keeps doing a you know a, a, a mobster impression to get to the people that I like hanging out with in comedy. It's the same thing. Anything with no barriers to entry is going to have a lot of shit. So that's the deal with the dating apps. You're going to see it. It's, uh, I don't know. I, this girl should read back her email. Because, you know, and also it's okay to not have the apps as a part of your dating routine. While also not speaking badly of them. You know, I people go on and off of them all the time. Take a break. Jtrainpodcast at gmail.com. Jtrainpodcast 
at gmail.com. Keep sending these emails. They're really good. Um, feather, Feather, I need some advice. Um, I met a girl at a bar maybe two months ago. We hooked up that night. She gave me her number. I texted her for a few days later, and we've been talking ever since. After getting to know her, it turns out we're both coming off our longest and most toxic relationships that ended in February and March. We agreed to continue hanging as friends, which I was cool with. Well, after hanging a few times out at the bar or with her friends, she has been giving off vibes of being really into me, (laughs) holding my hands at the bar or the way she looks at me while we're talking. But after the miscommunication last week, she reiterated how neither of us is looking for anything serious. My problem is I'm starting to feel like she actually could be someone I want to date eventually, but I don't want to stick around, eventually fall for her, and just get hurt later down the road. Well, that's life. Sorry, buddy. Sorry, dude. Sorry. Should I back off, i.e. stop texting, snapping so much? Or should I continue to hang out and be friends and try to see her as much as I can? She's also five years younger than me at 22, if that matters. Any advice is appreciated. I think a lot of people, when they meet someone, they make so much of the last relationship. You know, I... I don't mean to discredit, you know, I'm sure there's tough relationships, there's toxic relationships, there's things that happen, but a lot of people will say to you, oh, that last one, they really put me through the ringer because they're looking for a way to sound interesting to the person that they're now talking to. Oh my God, what they did to me, the emotional scarring, it'll never, and it's like, yeah, but all, you're going to get 20 years from now and you're going to be with the person you're with and this will be small in the rear view mirror of your life. So what I would say to this guy is you like her, so pursue. Yeah, it's probably going to end as a mess, <laughs> but that's how you learn and how you grow. Uh, just because you might get hurt doesn't mean you should just run away from it. If I'm you, I text her, hey, let's go out and get uh, get some drinks. Let's go hang out, okay? She's also five years younger than me at 22. So I'm I'm praying to God she's 22 and he's 27. Yeah. If that's not the case, I take back everything. I'm just saying... You know, go pursue. And also, the reason she's saying that, I mean, if she's 22, she's probably thinking, I just got out of, uh, she's saying, well, let me go back to this email. Longest and most toxic relationships. If she's 22, she might be saying, ah, I just got out of college. I'm looking to be single for a bit. So maybe that's why she's saying these things to back off. You know, you had a miscommunication last week and she had to reiterate, neither of us is looking for anything serious. That means... If I'm going to be honest with you, buddy, now that I'm looking at this, she's 22. She had to reiterate to you that she's not looking for anything serious. That means she likes having you around for attention, but she probably doesn't see you as a long-term potential as a dating partner. But if I'm you, I would say to her, I would back off from the snaps, texts, and all that stuff and just say, hey, I want to date you. You need to be more upfront about what you're looking for. Just because you had a last relationship doesn't mean you don't have the next relationship. So I would text her, hey, I would text her to go on a date and let her turn you down for a date. And if she does the, hey, I don't think I'm really just looking for friends, then you need to back off. You need to stop texting. This is someone that likes a little bit of attention from you but is looking to not really date you. And that's okay. That's her right. Let's keep going. Jtrainpodcast at juba.com. Jtrainpodcast at gmail.com 
Well, here's a guy email similar to what I'm talking. Train, train. How you doing, big guy? I love the show. Congrats on all the tour dates. A little killer. Quick question on dating apps. I need some advice on I live in a city on the East Coast and really messed around in college. Nothing serious. I graduated last year looking at meeting someone and getting to know them. Hopefully date them. I'm open to a relationship and not really interested in one-night stands. Lately, I've been matching with girls on Instagram. Uh, with girls on Instagram getting numbers, Snapchats, and Insta handles, and the conversations aren't leaving the internet. We will go back and forth on Hinge or Bumble and have a good conversation. I'll ask for a number of Snap or Insta handle to continue the conversation, ask for a plan to set a date. I then reach out to set the date, and I get radio silence. Or I'll get, a get, back, to, I'll get back to you, which probably won't surprise you that they don't get back to me. Or on Snapchat, they just keep sending my Snapchats of their day and never answer my question. Uh, how do I avoid this happening? I'm just confused because they're giving me their Insta handle number or Snapchat and then continue the conversation. How do I avoid this situation so I can actually go on dates with someone I match with and get to know them? Here's what I'll say to you. And for the women listening, see, this isn't just happening for you. This is happening for other people. The reality is you're going to get turned down more. That's just how it goes. You're out there more. You get turned down more. If I'm this guy, he... I would stop telling people you're look I'm open to a relationship not interested in one night stands because you said you just graduated college listen that might be true of you right now but you don't even know the person you're talking to so stop promising things that you don't know you can promise cuz all you're doing is sounding like someone who's trying to swoop someone off their feet And it makes it sound like you think the person you're talking to is dumber than you. They're not. They're the same as you. So when you say, because I get a lot of, you know, hey, if you're saying it to me, you probably are saying it to someone else. I'm just warning you. When you go on these dating apps and you say, well, I'm, I'm I'm not one of those other guys. Now you're just talking about other people that you don't even know what you're talking about. You're talking about people you've kind of heard of. You don't, you're not a woman on these apps. You don't know. Don't tell them you're not something. Just tell them what you're doing and how you do it. Don't sit there, oh, I'm not one of those people that, uh, listen, I'm, I'm the real man. I'm, I'm the one that's going to take you out and show you a good time because I'm looking for real. And it's like, yeah, f- with the person that you like hanging out with, not everyone. You, you have no taste, no, no con- dis- discerning factors that make you say, well, you and I could hook up, but I wouldn't date you. You and I could uh, hook up, and I'd date you for three months, and I wouldn't bring you home. You and I should get married. What differentiates? You don't know. What differentiates is the personality and getting to know somebody. So when you put that stuff up front, you're kind of taking away from your your validity. You sound less um, trustworthy when you tell people how much to trust you because you're going to take them out. So that's my first piece of advice. The second, stop asking for all these different ways to communicate. Stop asking for that extra step. If you have a good conversation with someone on an app, you say to them, hey, I'd love to get drinks this Thursday. You around. Um, I'm free at eight. I think what you're doing is you're trying, a lot of men, because I hear this from women and I mean, this goes back to last episode with the guy that was DMing about the wedding. A lot of men are what they're doing. Like the reason that like a guy likes a bunch of your Instagram pictures in a row 
is men are kind of what they're doing or what people are doing. Maybe it's not just men. I'll, I'll put it, uh, let's not make this about genders. <clears throat> people are putting themselves out there just enough to not get turned down. So when the person likes 10 of your Instagram photos and you go, why are they doing that? Well, they want you to like a bunch of theirs so that they have a signal that it's a go-ahead to ask you out or to pursue more. So with this guy, when he tells me, oh, well, I exchange a bunch of different things and then we we get over Snap and Instagram and and text, then I'm like, let's do a date and then like I'll get back to you it's because you dragged your feet so much to not get turned down that they're like well this guy wasn't really excited enough to ask me out right away so now I'm not excited to go with them so I think that's a part of your problem too so when you're on the app and you meet someone that you're enjoying the conversation hey I'm free this Thursday let's get drinks is way different than here's my number text me sometime and then text them and going how's your day uh are you free tonight because you're just looking for them to give you more yeses when you give the number and you don't ask them out you have to take a chance you have to jump off the dating app ship at some point and when you don't do that they go hey look at that guy dancing on the deck he doesn't even want to jump Podcast at gmail.com Podcast at gmail.com when is this proposal going to happen? Jared, love the podcast. It makes my commute to work significantly better. Your bachelorette recap on Insta cracks me up. So funny. Thank you. Thank you. You think it's okay to ask for a time frame for when my boyfriend is going to propose? Background. Uh, we've been together for a year and a half. We're both 33. We're saving to buy a house this spring. We've talked marriage and actually planned our wedding. We figured out when we were going to start trying for a baby. Our relationship is so easy and functioning, I could imagine a more perfect person. for I can't imagine a more perfect person for me. He was married and has a kid. Everything on that end is good, too. His kid and I have a great relationship. His ex-wife is nice. No drama. Okay. I can't decide if I was uh, if, if asking is pushy when I know it will eventually happen, especially because his ex really pushed him into... Uh, it when they got married. I'm finding myself uh, obsessing over wedding crap, ring shopping on my phone, not knowing drives me nuts. Am I being crazy? Also, it pictures a picture of us. Um, I'd love a lookalike from Shelby if possible. Well, Shelby's not in the building. Um, very cute couple. Yep. What I find strange is that we're saving to buy a house. We've talked marriage and actually planned our wedding, but you're not getting the proposal. So if, if you know it's coming, um, like I would think there's two things. One, that's kind of annoying. When someone's, oh, we're planning it. We're figuring out where we're going to start trying for a baby. A rela- you know, at that point, he's there so the proposal is coming it's annoying from both ends (laughs) not to say you're both annoying but i i just don't like one i'm not sure who's more wrong because you're both kind of wrong one if you're planning all that stuff then it's coming like it's gonna come at some point if you trust and love him then um at some point, there will be a proposal because you can't have a wedding without a proposal. 
if you're afraid that this guy doesn't think that far ahead on things and is just like, oh, I thought we already just decided we're going to do it and you're not getting the proposal that you thought you'd be getting, that's a different story. If you think, you know, if you thought, if there's a chance here where he's like, oh, we already started planning the wedding. I thought that was the proposal in itself. And you're like, womp, womp. You didn't get your whole thing. I would get what you're saying. But you're saying you're looking at rings, so you haven't even gotten a ring, but you're planning the wedding. So I would stop with that. If I'm you, the way to the solution out, hey, I don't, I feel uncomfortable planning a wedding when I'm not proposed to. I'm, I'm cool with, you know, I feel like I'm living in a fantasy world, I would tell them. I mean, I'm cool with, you know, with waiting. I'm cool if you're not ready for that stuff, but, you know, we're planning a wedding and planning a baby when we're not even, when you haven't even proposed. I'm not going to get ahead of myself. I'm not, I, it's going to drive me crazy. I would say that to him. Hey, I, I don't, and listen, we can wait as long as you want, but all this other stuff feels like we're talking about, you know, planning our, you know, retirement when we're 22 years old. Like, I haven't even found a job yet. You know, I think we're living in a crazy world. So that's what I would, I, that's kind of how I would put it. Um, because that's kind of the combination of both you being annoying because he is being annoying by having these conversations. It's almost like he's seducing you with the future so he never has to get in an argument about the present. Oh, we're gonna, the wedding's going to be beautiful and it's gonna, and our baby's going to be the cutest thing in the world. And you're like, um, we don't live together. We don't have... You've never gotten on a knee to propose. What the fuck? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It's annoying. Podcast at gmail.com. Podcast at gmail.com. Ooh, I like this one. Hi, JTrain. Love the pod. I have a problem. I feel like some other ladies can relate to. I started seeing this guy, and I lied about orgasming during sex at first because I could tell he was insecure about it. I didn't expect it to turn into something serious, but now he's my boyfriend of six months, and I'm still lying about orgasming because now he feels ba- he feels bad anytime he doesn't make me come. How do I tell him that it just doesn't happen for me like that and preserve the relationship? Thanks for all the great advice over, over the year. Um, if I am you, I mean, the... You know, with you know, you know that saying where it's like it's not about the, it's not about the crime, it's about the lie, it's about the cover up. It's not about the crime, it's about the cover up. So like faking an orgasm, like, of you know, I I get why she did it. I wouldn't. I'd advise against it because I would just want to know. And you know, the but it's then the six months of covering that up that you know this guy is going to be embarrassed that he thought he was something he wasn't and i'm not blaming you i'm saying this is just where he would feel if i'm you i would start the the way out of it is the is really to i I don't want to encourage you to lie more but i would just start being more honest hey i'm i'm not there yet and i would communicate how you get there because that's the real problem is that instead of you know telling him the ways that he can help you come um you're just saying that he's you know you're just going along with the ways he thinks he can make you come 
I mean, I, I'll say this in my own, you know, every, in with girls that I've been with, you know, everyone comes differently is what you've come to find out. Every, and that's the difference, you know, that's the difference between, you know, very big difference between male and female sex. Like men, we're going to get there. It doesn't matter. And it's pretty much all the same. You know, if you've jerked off one dick, you've jerked off all the dicks. Maybe you'll throw a thumb in the ass. Maybe you'll, you know, put some cream on your hand. But really, it's the same motion. Women, it's not the same. They're all, everyone's got a different key uh, to the lock. And that's frustrating because, but you have to understand that. That's because he's getting upset because he's like, well, I, this would work with other people, but he's, he needs to learn that everyone's different. So it has nothing to do with him or his ability as a man. I mean, a little bit, you know, no, it doesn't. It doesn't have, you know, the ability factor. It's more learning the language of your pussy. I should write a book. Learn the language of a pussy. The Rosetta Stone of Pussy. I don't know. I, I think that because you di- didn't give him the chance to... And also, it takes failure to grow. So if he can't get over that, then he's got other issues. It ain't just making you come. So to stop being so afraid of hurting his feelings. You let him know, hey, I haven't gotten there yet. Can you do this? Can you do that? Um, hey, I love it when you do this. Speak in like terms. Speak in you know happy and positive ways. Hey, I really enjoy it when this happens. When I masturbate, I do this. I would love it if you did did it like that. Boom. So it's not too late to, you know, at this point, there was a big change, and I masturbate a different way, and you have to get used to that. Boom. J Train Podcast at gmail.com. Let's do adventure time. <clears throat> My boyfriend and I, both 23, grew up in the same tiny town. We have mutual crushes on each other through high school, but got together just under two years ago. I'm in the happiest I've ever been. I'm in the happiest I've ever been with him. We're currently at our big boy, big girl jobs two hours away from each other, and we've been long distance. He's planning on quitting in the spring because he hates his job. Um... This was sent five days ago, so a year from now he's planning to quit. And lame town it's in. I have my dream job in an okay small city where I have no friends or ties beside the job. We want to close the distance and we're unsure how. We floated ideas of both moving to a new city or him moving here. There's pros and cons to both. I'm sometimes scared to go because my job is so great. I'm in a market where I can find the same job if I were if I were to move, but that's so much work and not guaranteed. We're young. Is it wise to make this step? If he comes here, would he resent me? Need an unbiased opinion, please. He's quitting his job. You love your job. I think this is all... I think, you know, idle hands is the devil's playground. Is that the thing? Well, busy hands uh, makes you happy. Uh, If you're busy and you're working, you're going to be happy. If I'm this girl... You say, and you you talk to him, you say, hey, I got a job. We got one down, one to go. Is better than one, zero, you know, you're one out of two as opposed to zero out of two. 
liking your jobs. So now you just have to work. So with you liking your job in your city, you keep working. You say to him, hey, if you really love me, you really want to make this relationship work, move here. I think you guys should have different apartments to start. You know, do each live in your own apartment. And you say to him, hey, find a great job that's something you love doing here. I got a good city and a great job. I need my good guy to find his great job in this city. So now, and I think this takes away the choice element. Choice, you know, look at that girl who all those guys, that all those mediocre guys. Well, let's take away all these cities that, you know, when you say, oh, we'll move anywhere so that we can be together. And then both of you are miserable. Both of you don't have a work dynamic. You have one thing. On the, you know, on the happiness scale, it's going to be work, personal relationships, home, family, okay? The more you have knocked out of, those, of that equation, the less you have to worry about. So now that your job is done, now in a city that you're cool with, let's get your guy to the city and let's figure out his job. Make that done. Now you're both happy. JTrainPodcast.gmail.com and if, and if he resents you for moving, that's it, you know... Again, this is his problem. It's not, he cannot move too. And then that, you know, then it's time to look at the relationship. But, you know, that's up to him. You, you don't have to make the choice for him, but you say to him, this is what I'm doing. I have a great job. This is a good city. I want to date you. I want you to come here. And then he can make the decision on his own. Podcast at gmail.com Podcast at gmail.com let's do one more let me know what you think of the alone episodes I like doing them alone we answer a lot of emails surprise family meeting just started dating a guy who went to my high school he was one grade younger I'm 29 he's 27 we weren't friends at all but we definitely knew each other over the last few months he started randomly dming me so we decided to finally go out our date went really well and led to a very steamy make out at the end for the summer he is living in his parents summer home so we didn't end up seeing each other again for another two weeks he had been inviting me out to visit so i decided to stop by on my way home from a weekend out east with friends i didn't know what to expect because i knew he lived with his family but i figured i'd just go with the flow when I got there, I immediately met his siblings and parents. I was then swindled into a family volleyball tournament and barbecue. I swindled. You went to the family house. What did you think was going to happen? I mean, I'm not saying I didn't think they'd hand out jerseys, but come on. We then all legit snuggled on the couch as I heard embarrassing stories of him as a child. I loved his family and the meeting went really well, but it was definitely intense for a second date. We also got zero alone time. Yeah, well... After the night, I kissed him goodbye and left. I texted him to say thank you, to which he responded sweetly. After that, zilch. A week later, I decided to check in and text him with a lighthearted joke. He responded immediately, and we had an exchange, but it was incredibly boring and not much energy coming from his side. I am definitely interested in this guy. He's super He's super hot and chill. But again, we've only been on one uh, date, so I'm definitely still feeling things out. The family thing did confuse me, though, and play with my emotions. Would love a guy's take on this bizarre situation. What's going on in his head? Why would he spend such an intimate day with me and then not really follow up? Hope this wasn't too long. Felt the background. Okay, so I would say to her, at 27, when you move home, he's 27 and he's like semi-moved home. At that point, 
you're kind of in a position. It's not like he was 18, moved out, and then he sees his parents one month a year. This guy's very close with his family in a way that the family obviously doesn't mind women coming in. Like, if, I, if I'm going to be perfectly honest, there's some guys that can look at their parents and go, yeah, what do you think? Cool? It's not, you know, for a guy to bring home a girl is really not that big a deal. I know that's going to be upsetting for a lot of people to hear, um, but it's it it is guys aren't under the same societal pressures, and that's and this is I'm defending what you're talking, you know, women out there. You you know you you guys complain all the time about oh well the you know you know the Disney movies fucked us up and. I listen, I've seen it with my friends where they get asked about, you know, their boyfriends before they're asked about their careers. It's fucked up. You're right. But understand that the, 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 the world works in gravity. What goes up must come down. So when the girl, when, if, if your parents are asking you about your personal relations before they care about your job, then the guy's parents really don't care about his personal relationships and say, eh, you know, another train's coming. So they're looking at you go he you left and they went you know she seems great and then he got no pressure at all to marry you if you had brought him home it's a different thing that's why you're sitting here going well you brought me home and that's a huge deal not to him if you had brought him home it would have been like well what's going on is he is, do you really love him and it'd be like that's not the questions he got at all the questions he got was like she seems great cool all right, we'll see. Nothing more, nothing less. And, and, and not even, I don't want to make you feel horrible. I'm saying it's not, they, they didn't all sit there and go, well, they didn't pick you apart like, they, you know, like you were game footage. I'm saying it was way less um, thorough than maybe your family would have been. So you went on the date. He DM'd you. He also, you're from his hometown, so you're a pretty easy person to bring into the fold. You know the deal with the dynamic of people from that town and his family, and you know you know you have mutual friends and there's things for you to talk about. So having you over isn't like the craziest thing in the world. So we started randomly DMing you, and then we did went out. Date went really well. So I would text him that you, hey. I want another date, but I know the family thing is hard to look over, but that wasn't like a way to dupe you. It's not like he was like, here's my family that are like, oh, we love you, and then put, you know, and then they adorned you in gifts, and then he made, and then he got to fuck you out back, and then he never called you again. That's not what happened. This was as, this was as close to him being with a bunch of buddies that, more than you think. Podcast at gmail.com. We're here every Tuesday and Friday. I'm so pumped you guys listen to this show. I'm pumped to come back to the U.S. Um, I'll be doing The Bachelorette today, probably, this afternoon. You know, sh- you know, tag David Spade. Let's let him know that I'm doing this. Maybe he'll hook a young buck up with his new show on Comedy Central. He wants to get me on as a guest or something. I don't know. Maybe we can get him to my couch. You never know. This is why we drink. We'll be back next episode. Boom.